Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Just like a driver is better off with a pit crew, we're all better off with an Ally. Save smarter, faster than ever, with smart tools in an Ally online savings account. Explore all the ways you can grow with us at Ally.com. Ally. Do it right. NASCAR Grassroots Racing is full throttle every week on Flow Racing, where you can stream over 1,300 events live and on demand and access exclusive coverage. Subscribe to Flow today to see NASCAR legends, past, present, and future, go head-to-head with hometown heroes at tracks like Bowman Gray, Meridian, South Boston, and more. Find your next favorite driver by going to flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Both Team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here's your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open right here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew back here with you. And we're back with you after an off week for the NASCAR Cup Series. The only off week 
that they have in 2022. When we get fired up this weekend in Nashville, it is hammer down all the way to championship weekend when we get to Phoenix to kick off the beginning of the month of November. So 20 straight weeks of NASCAR Cup Series racing. We mentioned we're going to Nashville this weekend, obviously the Ally 400, and that makes it Ally Week on MRN. We're all better off with an Ally. Ally helps you save smarter, faster than ever. Explore all the ways you can grow with us at Ally.com. Ally, do it right. And there's a lot on the line for these drivers heading into this racing weekend. It's going to be uh, an exciting time. We don't know what to expect coming up. This has been a year that has been filled with unpredictable races, unpredictable outcomes. We're still waiting for a driver to get on a hot streak. You've got four drivers tied with two wins apiece. There's not been that one driver that's been able to jump out there, grab multiple wins, and basically pull a Larson. Remember Kyle Larson last year, end of the season with 11 wins, 10 points paying wins, and a win in the All-Star race. We're still waiting for someone to catch fire. Could it be perhaps that that begins for someone this weekend? Highly doubtful, but we'll look for it. you got some drivers with some, with some work to do, getting playoff points and stage wins, but you've also got drivers that are trying to get their first win of the season, like Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, drivers like that. It's going to make it a fun and interesting time this weekend when we return to the racetrack with the Ally 400, a triple event weekend, Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup there at Nashville Super Speedway. This weekend will also mark the return of a good friend of ours. You've heard Winston Kelly on the air for years. He's gone on to be the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, announced with MRN for decades. Well, this weekend, he's going to come back and he's going to share some on-air time with us this weekend. You'll hear him on the pit lane and it's so good to have him back. So let's go to the Zoom hotline. And from Sweet Biscuit, South Carolina, we bring in Winston Kelly. Winston, welcome back to the Airways, my friend. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be back on and uh, really excited to be uh, back on the air this weekend with everybody. And uh, that's the thing I miss the most is the people. It always comes calling, doesn't it? It's like you step away and you have a little time, but there's always that urge to, in your case, pick up a microphone this weekend. Well, and you know, when uh, when I talked to the network back in early 2020 about uh, not continuing on a regular basis, you know, the, ho- the whole premise was if there was a need for a fill-in here or there, well, you know, with the way the schedule got compressed, you know, we used to have Road America in Michigan and you need war- war- needed warm bodies and I was willing to be a warm body and, you know, be there when you got, you know, what do we have, 14 people at Road America and another six or eight at Michigan with a schedule you know, get, getting compressed in 2021, there was never the need. So when I was talking to Ryan Horn earlier this year, uh, after a few weeks, he sent a text. He said, if you were serious, have a couple of opportunities, sent those to me. And then when I saw him at Martinsville, he said, I got one more that it, you know, you're not doing anything. Somebody had something come up. And uh, so uh, I've got three on the schedule and that's plenty, but uh, really excited to be a part of it. How hard was it to make that call to step away from full-time when you did I thought about it for probably a couple of years. So it was not something that I took lightly that I looked at, you know, a lot of different things professionally here at the Hall of Fame, personally. Uh, and, you know, just it's harder to travel now. I'm older and, and all that. And, you know, having a couple of grandkids uh, also factored into that as well. So uh, it was, I, I literally spent uh, about two years thinking about what's the right time uh, and just felt like that was it. You know. You and I have something in common. We got started on the network as production assistants, and then we evolved into on-air. You know, the later you get in your career, you start to think back on all those times that, you know, we we shared when we were not even announcers yet, 
as you got older, what's the thrill about still going to the racetrack, still going on the air? And as you got to the end, what did you start to think about, maybe reminisce about, of, uh, about your tenure here with MRN? Well, the, the thrill and the thing that I enjoyed the most and, and, and I miss the most is the people. You know, I miss our Saturday night dinners, you know, with the network guys and just the people on pit road. You know, I don't have that cadence that you and Moody and Kurt Becker and all do. You know, I've done a little bit of play by play, but I don't have that cadence there. But I love the strategy and I love the interactions with the crew members, the crew chiefs, talking to the drivers before and after the race. But that that strategy and what's going to happen. And, you know, you, you take a guy like Todd Gordon, who's now working with us. You know, it's not a here's what I'm going to do. It's here are the circumstances to look for to be able to follow the race. So I miss the people and I miss the strategy. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. One of the things that's different now that isn't the way it used to be was, you know, I remember we'd go into the garage on Sunday mornings and we would find ourselves leaning up on a stack of tires, talking to a crew chief, a group of crew chiefs. Now, with the demands on their time, it's a lot different now. But did you get a charge out of that? Because I know I would get a lot of good stuff. You just walk in, strike up a conversation. Next thing you know, these crew chiefs are spilling their guts. You then can't take everything on the air, but you had the trust of that individual to learn what was going on. Did you have those types of relationships? Does anyone stick out from that time and place that you would have those conversations leaning on a stack of tires? Absolutely. And, you know, you got to put things in perspective from a time standpoint that, you know, me and Methuselah came around at the same time when we got into the garage area. You know, literally, I started working in the sport in 1981 for the old Universal Racing Network and got to meet and know some folks then. Had been in the garage area actually back in the late 60s and 70s when my father worked. And it's, I, I, you know, I had met the Dale Inmans and Richard Petty's and Lee Petty's and people like that. But in 87, when I started being what they like to call a production assistant, let's be real, we were gophers. You know, we were gopher in this and gopher in that, you know, pulling cable and running information during the race or spotting or, or whatever. So, you know, being in the garage area in that late 80s, early 90s time frame when we weren't always doing the Saturday races, so you had that Saturday time when there was practice and in between practice uh, and qualifying that might go on on Friday. So a lot of those times, and you know, I think about, uh, you know, back in those days, I could call a pit stop without a note of who were the guys going over the wall for most of the team. So, cause you got to know who they were and it didn't matter which team they were with. And it was because you spent some time in the garage area. So to single anyone out, you know, in more recent times, Todd was one of my go-to guys because he was so good at giving the different scenarios of when you might see a short pit situation or when you might see something unique like what he did with Joey Logano in the all-star race when you had to pit before lap 47 uh, or 47 or before and he said you're going to see one of two things you're going to see people pit at halfway in that first 50 laps around lap 24 5 6 or you're going to see people pit toward the end and I said, so what are you going to do? He said, you'll know it when you see it. So by lap 27, 28, he had not come in. I knew exactly what he was going to do. But he, you know, and he was right. You had a group, the majority in the middle, and then some right there before the before uh, the end of that, that segment, if you will. And there were others just, you know, throughout 
the time, you know, a Barry Dodson was always somebody that you could go to, a Tim Brewer, a Jeff Hammond, a, you know, Todd Parrott was interesting that, you know, sometimes he was like he was, was holding Fort Knox back, but another time, you know, he would give you information, but probably the most enthusiastic and exuberant when he won a race. Uh, you know, Ray Evernham was good. Uh, you know, there were so many of them like that that would give you good insights. You know what's funny about that is when you would have these conversations, because I've had these conversations too, and you would get into the nitty-gritty. Because like you, I'm a strategy guy. I don't need a fuel mileage strategy every week. I don't need tire strategy every week. But a little bit here and a little bit there, I'm not going to turn away. But when you have these conversations with these gentlemen that make these calls, you can almost see the gears grinding in their mind. They've sat up. They've thought about this. I've had crew chiefs tell me that they that they lay awake at night thinking about how they can outbox the competition. And then to me, the golden opportunity is when you see one crew chief do one thing and you see another crew chief do another, that's almost like an internal head-to-head -head battle, but it's with the minds that are on these war wagons. It doesn't necessarily have to be with the drivers in race cars on racetracks. Exactly, and it's so circumstantial, you know. And again, I, I can think of more recent ones because uh, you know I, I can't think from you know 50 years back or literally you know 25, 30 years back. Uh, but I think of like what happened with Danny Hamlin at Richmond this year, and I wasn't there, but I could follow along with it. I'm listening to it more than I'm watching it on TV, and, and I could see Todd Gordon doing that uh, with a race that he had at Watkins Glen. If you're not the fastest car you've got to do something different. And I remember when he came in, you know, used to, at Watkins Glen, it was lap 30, lap 60 in the end of the race. And you could go about 30 or 32 laps. Uh, and so he comes in at a caution flag on lap 47. It's like, why are you going to lose all that track position? So what happened comes around and there's a caution around that lap 60. Well, it didn't matter whether there's a caution or not. He has like a seventh place car, has already won a race. All he wants to do is win another race. He's not racing for points, but he's racing for stage points. And, and uh, it may have even been before stage points, but he came in, got four seconds of fuel and cycled out front. And the only one in front of him was Kevin Harvick. Rodney Childers is trying to go from lap 51 to 90 and comes up a half a lap short. So it's exactly what you're talking about. Rodney has one strategy and he, does, he, he needs the win more than he needs the points. Same thing, Ben, he had a race winning car, uh, Todd and Joey Logano didn't. And watching that play out, half lap more, Kevin Harvick wins. But if frogs had wings, they wouldn't bump their panties when they jumped. <laughs> exactly. Put it very eloquently, my friend. We're chatting with Winston Kelly. He's the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. He'll be rejoining our coverage this weekend from Nashville Super Speedway here on the Motor Racing Network. You know, when the NASCAR Hall of Fame came online and it came out that you were gonna be the executive director, in my mind, there's no there's no other perfect person than to do it but you, given your, your history of the sport, you're a student of the sport, and then to have that put under your purview and your team's purview, to me, I thought that was a perfect fit. You've been around, you've been doing this for a while. First of all, what's going on at the NASCAR Hall of Fame these days? And do you still get goosebumps every time you walk into the place? I'm very jealous, man. You are basically, you're basically in the in the Hall of Congress or the, the the Library of Congress of NASCAR, you are at ground zero of a lot of artifacts that a lot of folks would love to touch or see, but you're there, they're there in front of you every single week. 
Well, the business aspect of the job is, is really no different than, uh, I mean, it's a different job, but you know, the job I had, the jobs I had at Duke Power and then Duke Energy that, you know, there's some elements of your job that don't rise to the top that, oh boy, I just can't wait to go in and do a budget today. But, but you know, when things are going well and they have been going very well here, you like looking at the numbers and, and things like that. But if I'm ever having a day that's just not the best, I can just walk right out of this door through two other doors and go see somebody or something. And, you know, yesterday I went, you know, I wasn't having a bad day by any stretch, but, you know, I'm just walking through the hall and, you know, a guy stops me and we have a conversation. He's here on his Father's Day treat that his wife, who wasn't a race fan and had their three-month-old baby with them, and he just wanted to talk racing. And, you know, and many of our crew members, especially some of them who are retired, you know, they just enjoy interacting with the guests and then they want to talk about, so what's coming up next, whether it's with the hall or in the industry in general. But, you know, I can always go in there and see something I forgot was in there because I don't sign off on every artifact that's in there, but, you know, getting to, to see the history of the sport and just walk through the area and talk to people. Uh, so I've, I've been blessed to be here and thoroughly enjoy it. And, and it's, you know, you said in our staff, it's all about the people. It's about the guests and it's about the people on the team uh, that make it happen. We found out last month that the, um, who's gonna be inducted this coming winter into the Hall of Fame. So you're about a month removed from that announcement, but you have months before it takes place. When does the heavy lifting begin, or has it already begun with the next induction ceremony coming up? Well, we're doing multiple things at one time. You know, I've got a contract on my desk to sign that uh, is for redoing uh, the graphics and what we call Heritage Speedway, which is the top level. So that's going on to refresh that area. We're also in the process of planning for our next Gory Road, which is the 18 cars uh, that you can see as you come in from the outside uh, and a new theme uh, that we will play off of NASCAR's 75th anniversary next year that we're working on. So then we've also got the Hall of Honor and everything that goes along with that. So it's planning the videos, it's planning the scripts that are in there, it's Kevin Schleicher, Tom Jensen, Wendy Bell, and the crew working with the inductees or their representatives and getting the artifacts that are gonna be in there. Uh, we were just talking about the induction ceremony uh, with Amber Wells and, and uh, from the NASCAR team about just that whole process. Uh, she facilitates a lot of that production coordination with the folks that we work with that as well as, as facilitating getting the jacket done and the ring. So we're in the early stages of that and starting those conversations, but we're doing multiple things at once uh, leading up to the, the January induction ceremony. Let's talk about that jacket. You know, there, there are some things that people win or they obtain through success. That means a lot. That's very unique. The jacket that you give to your Hall of Fame inductees, is that is that color exclusive? Is the jacket exclusive? Is there anything exclusive about what you give your inductees that nobody can get it anywhere else? Well, the jacket is definitely exclusive. It's made by the same people that make the master's jacket. And the, the uh, gentleman and, and the company that make the master's jacket, that green is not, not gonna be on anybody else. Our Hall of Fame blue is not gonna be used on anything else or on anybody else. And the only people that get that are inductees. 
those who have are deceased, uh, it's presented to their family in a, in a framed case. And those who are not, we did a video on it last year uh, and shared some of it during our induction dinner ceremony last year, that they go through a detailed measuring process. I mean, it, it is custom tailored to that individual uh, and they're the only ones that have that. And then they get a Hall of Fame ring as well. Uh, there's also, there's like a leather jacket that uh, is one of the things that's unique to them, but the jacket and the ring are the two signature items uh, and Amber and the NASCAR team facilitates all that working with the inductee. It's presented to them now the Thursday night before the induction ceremony so they can wear it all day uh, on Friday and on, into the events on Saturday. Uh, and same thing with the ring. That's fascinating. And of course, uh, all of this will be handed out this coming January when the next class of the NASCAR Hall of Fame is inducted in Uptown Charlotte. Uh, Going to get ready to let you go. Before we let you go, there is one more matter that we need to discuss, perhaps maybe making it a NASCAR Live wide open exclusive. I've had fans tweet me, direct message me, stop me at the racetrack and ask me, why is it on occasion that when Winston Kelly is introduced, you introduce him from Sweet Biscuit, South Carolina. I've checked Apple Maps. There is no Sweet Biscuit, South Carolina. You want to bring people up to speed on how this thing got going? Well, you you might have to fill in some of the gaps because I think it started uh, with the two of us. And there was a period in my Duke Power career uh, that I moved. I had seven different uh, addresses. Uh, in about a two and a half year period. My mother would ask me, can't you keep a job? <laughs> and I would say, well, mom, you know, they told me the paycheck was gonna show up, you know, down in Seneca, South Carolina or wherever. <laughs> so I'm, I moved around a lot. Uh, and then on, I think it was one of the Bush races back in the day because uh, one of the jobs I had at Duke, I was district manager in a couple of different areas uh, and then DP over, over this group. But I was district manager in over five counties in South Carolina, York, Lancaster, and Chester County. And, you know, one of you guys said, so where am I supposed to introduce you from this year and, and, uh, or this weekend? So I, I technically lived in Rock Hill but I worked with the folks in, in Clover, in York, in Chester, South Carolina, in Lancaster, in Kershaw, South Carolina. So I just throw out the city. And it was interesting when I was back at work, there were some race fans that would say, hey, you know, I heard you mentioned this, or I, you know, I heard you mention Clover. How about, you know, how about a shout out for York, which is in, in uh, York County? Or how about, how about a shout out for McConnell's and all these smaller towns that I work with in South Carolina? You know, so I throw those out, you know, Great Falls was one, which is where Duke Power was founded and it was in the, the area. Uh, so you couple that with, there was a Chinese restaurant, I think that we went to in Richmond, if memory serves me correct, that, you know, when we, that that was our staple. Yep. And, you know, the, the waiter or waitress brings, you know, you want some sweet biscuits to go with your dinner. Am I, am I remembering it right? So the one and only bag man came up with, out of the blue, I had nothing to do with this one. You know, I did provide some different different cities and towns in South Carolina. Out of left field, Bagley introduces me from Sweet Biscuit, South Carolina. And, you know, for, for anybody listening and, and, and all, just think of your friends and their jokes and inside things that just stick. They just stick for one reason 
or another, and they're all in good fun. Uh, so Sweet Biscuit started maybe 25 years ago, and you know, every now and then, Sweet Biscuit returns to the MRN Airways. You can bet every dollar you got that Sweet Biscuit will be back on the broadcast this weekend in Nashville. It's been in dry dock for a year and a half. We got to dust it off. So it was a combination of dinners and the different places that I had lived and, and worked in, in South Carolina. And Sweet Biscuit was born and will forever live on. And if Mike Bagley has anything to do with my headstone, it might be on my headstone. I, I am lobbying the state of South Carolina to create a Sweet Biscuit South Carolina. You, my friend, will be the honorary mayor for the end of time. <laughs> the one and only resident of Sweet Biscuit. Appreciate you joining us, my friend. Um, we've missed you on the road. It's good to see you when you'll make appearances at tracks and your obviously your uh, your capacity with the hall of fame but it's going to be so good to have you back on the broadcast this weekend can't wait to see you in nashville i can't wait my goal for this weekend is not to drag the broadcast down because i can i can say this with all honesty i listen differently now because i'm not listening as a pit road reporter to say what do i need to go chase what story do i need to chase i listen a lot you know if i'm mowing the yard on a saturday or a sunday or doing things like that you know if i'm in the car and the play-by-play -play in particular, you know, the play-by-play the -play that you guys do is second to none. It's why Brian Williams uh, from NBC, well, when he was asked if you could do any other broadcast and what would it be? And he said, you know, those guys from Motor Racing Network just do a heck of a job and, and you've earned it. Uh, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to listen to you this weekend, but maybe with a little different tune, but uh, just honored to be back on the air for a little bit. Ah, uh, yes. Sweet Biscuit, South Carolina's Winston Kelly joining us, and we'll look forward to having him back on the broadcast this weekend. But before we get there and before we do that, it's time for a Nodge breakdown of the Ally 400, and that is brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Let's bring in producer Trey. Trey, what are the odds telling us this weekend? Well, Mike, once again, no surprise, Kyle Larson is the favorite. He is at plus 500 or 5 to five to 1 to win the Ally 400 for the second straight year. He dominated this race last year, fended off a late charge from Ross Chastain and had enough fuel in the tank to uh, get that victory in Nashville. Kyle Busch, who won the Xfinity race there last year, a lot of people pegged him as the favorite going in to this race last year, won in the, won in the Xfinity series when they raced there uh, back in the mid-2000s as well. He is plus 700 or 7-1 to one to win the race. My pick this weekend, you mentioned at the top of the show, Mike, that no one has really gone on a run and kind of put their stamp on, oh, they're the championship favorite. Kyle Larson only has one win this year, and you think at some point, that Larson is going to you know, run off a couple of these victories. He had a chance in the Coke 600. Looked like he was very fast at Sonoma, and the strategy didn't really work out. I think Kyle Larson can win this weekend at Nashville and go back to victory lane. So the favorite Larson is my pick to win, but there are definitely some very intriguing long shots that go along with the unpredictability of the season. Talking about unpredictability, Daniel Suarez. He got his first win ever at Sonoma. Nashville is a home track for Team Trackhouse. He finished seventh there last year. He is plus 2,800 to win this weekend. Could Suarez make it back-to-back? -back? Eric Almarola, he was on the pole there last year, finished in the top 10. He still needs a win. He's flirting with that bubble of the playoffs to try and secure a playoff spot in his last full-time Cup Series season. He's plus 4,000. And then an even steeper long shot, 
Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he's plus 5,000. And if you look at last year's race at Nashville, some of Stenhouse's top 10s that he went on that little streak this year, he kind of emerged towards the end of the race. Last year at Nashville, Stenhouse was in the top 10 in all three stages and finished in the top 10 at Nashville last year. So Stenhouse could be in for a surprise uh, this weekend and possibly, you know, blow things up even more in terms of the playoffs and tighten up that bubble. And who knows, we might get to that 16 or 17 winners before we get to the playoffs. So Larson is my pick to win. And I've got three long shots for you this weekend at Nashville. Those That's what Vegas is saying in terms of the NASCAR race. But I wonder, I couldn't find these online, Mike, but I wonder if there are odds on the MRN curling outing that's going to go down in Nashville this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been keeping that on the uh, on the QT. But uh, Thursday night, the MRN crew is going to go to a place called Tea Time. We were turned on to this by one of the locals that said, hey, they have curling. Well, I've always been fascinated with curling. I threw this out to the crew. I wasn't expecting to get uh, much response. But uh, so far, nine responses have come back. The MRN crew is going to take to a sheet of ice. We are going to go curling. I think that if Vegas wants to get on this, I think they can start with, how about a prop bet? Three and a half over under how many MRN people are going to be in traction and in the hospital by the time Thursday night comes to a close. <laughs> oh, goodness. I'll, 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 maybe I'll send Vegas some... I'll, I'll say they need to get in on this, uh, and oh, gosh. maybe I'll be I'll be one of the ones to to bet. I'm hopefully hopefully it will be the under, but you never know with this crew. Listen, we're aging. Hips can be ruptured at any time and dislocated and all that. We're just wanting to get out of there alive. It's going to be a blast. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're also going to have a lot of fun this weekend, obviously, with the Ally 400 race weekend at Nashville. We mentioned truck racing, Xfinity Series racing, Cup racing coming your way from Nashville here on Ally Week, and then. Next week, it's back to the road course, but it's back to America's Dairyland for the 4th of July weekend. It'll be our racing at Road America, and that'll make it Jockey Made in America week here on MRN. Race fans, head to jockey.com for a Made in America t-shirt grown and sewn right here in America. Crafting comfort since 1876, there's only one jockey. Can't wait to get to Elkhart Lake. Can't wait to get to Nashville. You'll hear all of the proceedings right here on the Motor Racing Network. For producer Trey and the rest of the MRN team, I'm Mike Bagley. We thank Winston Kelly for joining us. We thank you for the download. We'll catch up with you on NASCAR Live Race Day, 4 p.m. Eastern Sunday from Nashville. We'll catch you on NASCAR Live Tuesday on Tuesday night and right back here next week with NASCAR Live Wide Open. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. At Ally, our vision is to be a relentless ally for your financial well-being. We're committed to doing right by our customers and finding new ways to deliver opportunity, no matter how you define it. Explore all the ways you can grow with us at Ally.com. Ally. Do it right. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? 
Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 